aboard the Truth Express with your conductor, Erskine, who give you the latest on national news, politics, policies, business, and government issues. Dr. Cardaline Graves Dio is a family medicine specialist. Uh, she worked at uh, Cornerstone Family Care in uh, South Kansas City, Missouri. She attended uh, affiliated with St. Luke's Hospital of Kansas City. She uh, has specialty expertise in immunization and influenza. Wow, right where we are. Uh, Dr. Graves has courage. She is a person of courage and a person of integrity to come out of retirement to expose the dangers of the clot shot. We're going to discuss the medical tyranny that CDC, Fauci, and Bill Gates have forced on the American people. Now, she has uh, dedicated her life to fighting for medical freedom and truth about the COVID injection. Hi, Dr. Graves. Hello. Thank you for having me back on again. It's it's really nice having you. My dog brought his squeak toy in, so I'm sorry about the noise, but he brought his squeak <laughs> toy in. We have had a problem in this country, and you talked about it just before we went on air, and something that very few people are addressing, the mental health issues. When people are locked up, they're told not to see other people. When they're walking around with diapers on their face, when they're doing all of this, uh, and they're told, sit down, shut up, take your shot. This shot is going to protect you. If you don't take it, you're not patriotic. Uh, and they're not able to talk with anybody else. And uh, even all of the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, and everything, have said, you've got to do what the government tells you. You've got to follow this. And if you don't take this shot, and you don't do this, that, or the other, so we have had a collective PTSD in this country because the people have been told by the government we trusted. We've been told by the churches we trusted. We've been told by all of the institutions we trusted to sit down and shut up. And unfortunately, that's what's happened. The law, legal system, the entire country has broken down. It all started with the COVID, which came from China without a doubt came from China, and it's being utilized by the people to destroy the country. Nothing has happened faster. Am I wrong on this, or is it that that grave uh, situation? Well, it is a grave situation. Um, And my topic, as I said today, I wanted to uh, discuss with you and your listeners was medical care in spite of governmental intrusion and overreach, because that's exactly what they've done. And this is exactly what has happened in every institution in our society thus far with the education. You and I just briefly mentioned that just before the show. Um, Our uh, young people have been indoctrinated. Our schools are not, our public school systems are not public schools, uh, educational systems. They are indoctrinental. They are indoctrination centers. That's what they actually are. Um, And when, you know, we're concerned about, our boys uh, being able to pick out which lipstick they want to wear instead of, you know, whereas other countries are learning math, uh, learning science, and are actually competing for the jobs here in this country uh, and the colleges and so on. Hey, come on, let's wake up here. Um, I think that we need to look at 
where did all this come from? You know, historically, um, America, uh, the medical profession was something that was actually a worthy profession. It was yes. desired, um, you know, and it was, it was to help humanity live longer, uh, to actually be more productive, to be, have a better quality of health and life. But now, unfortunately, our world today, medicine is driven by uh, about four things, and that's power, uh, three things, I guess, monetarily gain, and political positioning. And yes, there are politics, a lot of politics in medicine now. And so we had better wake up to this fact. Um, why? Why? And so um, my perspective, of course, is that I go back to my Christian um, my Christian views, which is Jesus told us um, that the love of money is the root of all evil. And it seems to me that this is exactly where we are right now, that money is more important than lives. And that's really sad, very sad. You know, I have to agree with you on to a degree. It is certainly money is a motivating factor when you have somebody like Bill Gates bragging about making $200 billion, billion in one month. That's what the man's told people. Now, it has to be the money, and you look at Fauci, how he's making the money off of the patents and how everyone's selling out from the president right down to China. It's all about the money, but it's about more than that. It's about control and power, and with the control and power, being able to manipulate the society, being able to take over the people. And also, I'm almost to a point, now Now, you may, may say, and I would absolutely respect you if you disagreed with me, I think it is a system where they want to control the population and they want to depopulate the earth because you've got people like Gates and others saying there are too many people on this earth. This could be a system to reduce the population. And if it is, it's working like a charm. Do you think that's that possible? Just falls right into, that just falls right into where I want to go from here. Oh, okay. Um, I thought I, thought just, I might I mean, have got a little out there, but it's what I, oh, no, I no. believe is happening. Right. It, it, it falls right back. But I think that your listeners really need to listen up here because – this is not something that just has happened just overnight. No, it, it's and it's life. It's, it's real. It's really literally, Doctor Graves. This is literally a life and death issue, not only for us but also for our way of life in our country. Well, the I world. think that we better look. I think we better look at the history of all of this. And it was starting way back in the late eighteen hundreds, and there was a collision. There was uh, between moral humanity. And that's the is the humanitarian Hippocratic oath that we right. take in medicine, uh, and, harm none. and then the elitist ideology of a new science that was actually put forth, and that that science is what is called eugenics. Now that was back oh. in the and back back way back, and people don't understand where this started, but. In medicine, if you really want to take care of a patient, you don't look at just the symptoms. You take the systems or symptoms, and then you actually find what is causing those symptoms. What right. is the underlying cause? Where did it come from? That's what we need to know so that we can actually approach this much differently. And this eugenics was actually 
a blend of thought of Darwin, his theory of right. the survival of the fittest, with a man, with a man who was actually very wealthy. Sound familiar? It's always the wealthy, right? I mean, right. very wealthy that seem to think that they are the elitist, and they put position themselves as elitist throughout all societies, not just ours, but everyone across the world. And so his name was Thomas Mathis, and there was a Mathosian, oh boy, a Mathosian, I'll get it out in a minute, ideology. And that ideology of his was to reduce world population. And we're wow. Now, what, what, year, what year was that, Dr. Graves? <laughs> he was born in 1766. Oh, wow. And I thought it started with the Rockefeller Foundation, but they also were big oh, into eugenics. Oh, no. No, 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 right. no. They were added much, much later. Now, wow. He died in 1834. Oh, good and Lord. He was a mem- and he was a member of, because of his wealth and his family's wealth that had been there for many, many years, he actually um, was a member of the English Royal Society. And his theory was that we needed to monitor closely world population. And it needed to be exterminated uh, through wars, disease, and famine. Now, just think about that. Have we really changed a whole lot? Has that really changed? And so he thought that it was essential for human uh, for, for humanity in order to survive. And so it was actually, uh, and this idea of his was very quickly taken up by the British intellectuals. And so they sold to the world uh, that this was an idea, that it would be a science of human improvement. And it was overall meant to weed out and get only the best of society, and it would be a betterment for society. And so does this not sound familiar? And so after his death, there was a globalist that took up and had actually studied under him and in and and, and the British elitist group, and his name was Cecil Rhodes. Now, Cecil Rhodes was born about 1853, uh, and then he died later on. Uh, I think it was in 1902. Um, And nevertheless, he actually, he was the one who formed a secret society with the elitists across the globe. And he, he gathered the global capitalists. And he said, what we need to create here, are you ready for this one? Right. What we need to create is a new world order. Oh, good Lord. Oh, my goodness. So it goes so far back. We thought it it was a creation of the 20th century. No. Now, this is how long they have been working on where they are today. This is it. And they found that on both sides of the uh, Atlantic Ocean, both in England and, and the United Kingdom, and in America, what the elitist and the globalist capitalist had in common were two things, unfettered wealth and unfettered power. That's what they wanted. That was their main intent. 
And Rhodes had gone to South Africa, and he had uh, acquired a great deal of land because he was very wealthy. Right. And so he was able to um, actually uh, – he gathered a great deal of wealth, but he didn't leave it to any error. What he left it to was this secret society that he had actually formed. And the his money was to go to two things. One – to continue to develop that uh, secret society and this new world order through, and this is and this is a quote from him, through the wealth of the elitist. Mm. And he was, and he also left his money to what's called the Rhodes Scholarship Fund at Oxford University. Now. We've heard of the Rhodes Scholarship, but we haven't really known the history of it. And so it is at the University uh, of Oxford, and it is, he purposely meant this, given to indoctrinate and prepare, now he chose America's, America's brightest for world leadership in carrying out the new world order. We'll be right back for the story. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single gold-buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Gold Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. So this puts into perspective where we are today. So when I said getting rid of people is one of their goals, you're saying this goes all the way back to the early part of the 1800s, the 1700s. This is a culmination of their plans, isn't it? For hundreds of years. I mean, we, we, this has gone on and this has been uh, actually uh, purposely planned. And they meant to call, and this is called the um, Rhodes Scholarship, and that leadership group has now been carried out uh, and is known as the World Economic Forum. That is where we got the World Economic Forum. And that's the one that meets at Davos with Klaus Schwab and those people. And it also has to do with uh, what's been going on about the entire situation where they have infiltrated the United Nations, the WHO, all of it working together to follow their nefarious goals, which is to reduce the population. And it was written written in the Georgia Guidestones, the very first thing on there, 
reduced the population to 500 million. The one that well, they blew in up. Nineteen fifteen. Right. In nineteen fifteen, they had a joint eugenicist venture, and they met. And their whole goal was to consolidate, actually, their monopolies, and their monopolies in oil, railroad, right, railway, steel, and banking. Now, now this is where you get the Rockefellers. And the Rockefellers were going to control the energy or the oil. Now, right. have we really changed much? The um, Carnegie was going to actually take care of the educational system to where there were, he planned two educational systems. One was for the public, and the other was actually for the elitist. So it was planned from the very beginning to uh, actually, over time, dumb down America. And so, and then Bell from, you know, uh, Daddy Bell, who had the telephone, his was communication. They later added um, the Rothschilds, Ford, Morgan. Right. Now listen Banking, to this et cetera. I want, your right. to, I want your listeners to really listen to this because part of those elitists and wanting to have a world monopoly was Prescott Bush. Right. Now, that's who, who, the daddy. Was, who was connected? Who's connected with Brown Brothers Harriman? He is connected uh, with a lot of people. <laughs> yes. Right. And um, their goal was to eliminate people that they deemed by this eugenicist as inferior genetic material. Mm. Now, because of their influence, and people, very few people know this, 28 states here in America actually enacted an involuntary, involuntary mm-hmm. sterilization acts. The first and the person, states- the person behind a lot of that, who uh, actually lectured about it and the, her writings was uh, none other than the founder of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger. Well, yes, yes, but believe you me, the others joined in. Sure. They also had help. (laughs) They had a lot of help, actually, um, from one of the Supreme Court justices, and his name was Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes. Right. And he he wanted populations to be restricted, segregated, isolated, and Sterilized so that they could not reproduce. Oh now, what are we God. doing with our vaccines? What are we doing with our vaccines right now? Our so-called vaccines, which aren't vaccines. They are going into the ovaries, to the testicles, and they are causing sterilization. They're causing high rates of uh, miscarriages. So we're doing Basically, I mean, we are a combination now because of our technology that we have gained. We are the dream come true for these people. More about the vaccines when we return. Fulfilling this population control. 
the Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single gold buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. A number of women who have taken the vaccine are unable to carry to term. They have uh, they have miscarriages. Now, they did this originally with tetanus shots, and they did it where? They did it in the poorest countries. They did it in the Philippines. They did it in Mexico. They did it in Kenya. There's another country there, too, I think Thailand. And they put it into the tetanus shots, so the women were not able to carry to term. And it worked very effectively. You had to give them two tetanus shots, but they took them because they didn't want to get tetanus. And so they weren't able to carry to term, and they also were becoming infertile because of it. Now, they have also now put it into the COVID shots, and we've got proof that it has happened. Now, this sounds like science fiction, but it is actual fact. It's to reduce the population. That's one of the main things that they're doing. So we were right. It's not only that. But they're making money doing it. I mean, this is this is the devil's work. There's no two ways around it. And a guy like uh, Dr. Fauci, he should be brought up on charges like in Nuremberg. The same thing, except he's worse than Dr. Mengele. Worse because it's on a worldwide, worse uh, than we could ever have imagined that this type of evil would raise its head in the world. But it's always been here, hasn't it, Dr. Graves? You said this has been totally planned, and it is no no mistake. It is pure evil, isn't it? Absolutely. I want you to listen. I want you, your listeners to hear this because we need to know about, like I said, we need to know the history and how long they have been working on this and what we are up against because over time, over the decades that they have been working on this, they have gained, yes, they have gained a lot of uh, economic gain. However, they with economic gain, what also comes? Well, power, obviously. And so that they have gained both simultaneously. Therefore, I mean, very few people understand this, and they need to know. They need to know that um, that the Spanish flu was not a flu. It wasn't a flu at all. It didn't even come from Spain. In fact, Spain was one of the very few that did not accept the injection. Um, the and therefore, uh, because they did not ex- accept the injection, uh, they decided to blame, they, meaning the world, the rest of the world, decided to blame it on Spain. Uh, that they sp- And they called it the Spanish flu. Now, where did the Spanish flu come from? What, what, what was it if it wasn't this, uh, a virus? 
Well, it killed between 50 and 100 million people. Uh, We do know that. And we do know also that uh, that the flu wasn't a flu. It was an actually, it was commissioned by the Rockefeller Foundation. Wow. And it was commissioned by the Rockefeller uh, by to uh, actually, uh, and he paid a doctor. Are you ready for this one? A doctor, Frederick Gates. He commissioned Dr. Frederick Gates, who was the board president of the Rockefeller Institute, to start an experimental, what he called a vaccine. And he started it at Fort Riley, Kansas. Now, your listeners can look this up. Where, where was the first case of Spanish flu in America reported? Well, it was Fort um, Riley. And it came from America. Now, ladies and gentlemen, listen to this. Fort Detrick actually was working on that coronavirus way back in 2015, probably commissioned um, as a a bioweapon program was actually commissioned by George W. Bush and Cheney way back. Right. And so we are part of this worldwide catastrophe that has happened. Whether we like it or not, we are just as guilty and... Why they called it the Spanish flu was that Dr. Frederick Gates told Rockefeller, said, hey, instead of blaming it on America, let's call it the Spanish flu, and then they will think it came from Spain. But actually, it was designed, and it was a bacterial meningitis that they were actually injecting into our men. And where did they start? They started it in Fort Detrick with our military. Now, ladies and gentlemen, does this sound familiar? What are we doing? Right, and they went over to Wuhan where they uh, gave them what was necessary for gain of function, which enabled it to go to the humans as rapidly as possible. Well, that was all financed and done by Fauci. But you have to realize Fauci has referred many times to this being like the Spanish flu. You have to remember this. Right. And we have to remember that mask did not work then and it doesn't work now. Now, why? Why is that? Because wow. the virus that we have been in the COVID is actually uh, a 0.125 microns, whereas the mask will not filter anything less than 0.3, nothing less. It goes right through. I haven't right, it's like like trying to stop a mosquito with a chain link fence. That's what they've said many many times. <laughs> now, what now, we did was we experimentally uh, back in the uh, early 1900s, when our men were getting ready to go overseas, they injected them with this bacterial meningitis. Now, what did we do? Well, right. we sent we sent our many troops, thousands of our men overseas with an immune deficiency and that immune deficiency was because they had been injected with this meningitis bacteria same thing that's happening with the covid they're getting their immunity the more shots you take the less the more your immunity is dropping and so we've got if the shots don't kill you the cancer increases uh, is going to and other things and you are absolutely right 
And so what do we do with this uh, type of uh, catastrophe that we have created? Well, we blamed it on Wuhan completely. Well, it's not completely should be Wuhan. We need to right. step up to the plate and say we are just as guilty and we'd better listen. There is a book that your listeners might want to look at, and it's called Vaccines, The Biggest Medical Fraud in History. And that was actually written by an African-American woman back in the early 1900s after her family did not take the injection that they were giving. And they found out that they didn't have any problems. They didn't get the, um, quote, Spanish flu. Now, so let me let the, me ask you this. You know where the biggest outbreak of uh, COVID was in the world was in India. And what happened, the difference was in India, they gave out people, they gave out packets, not of the vaccine, but they gave them out hydroxychloroquine. They gave them uh, ivermectin, and it stopped it dead in its tracks. They do not allow well, they, that in this country. They kept it out. And any doctor who wanted to prescribe it, and I know a couple of friends of mine, they t- tried to get their licenses for just subscri- prescribing ivermectin or prescribing hydroxy that works. They came in with all these others that don't work, but they had big costs on them. Remdesivir tears up your kidneys, doesn't really work. So they came in with all this and they said, well, if you take the vaccine, you're protected. The people believed it. Dr. Graves, they believed it. But in India, they went and they gave them ivermectin. They gave them hydroxy and it stopped it dead in its tracks. And you've seen that happen also. So uh, they concentrated on vaccines here instead of treatment because they didn't want the people to live. That, I mean, it's obvious what they did, isn't it? Well, it is obvious, uh, but we have to realize that what they also did in, in India was that they increased people's vitamin D level, uh, and they knew how important vitamin D was for the body to actually, and the immune system. To oh, fight. absolutely. And they also gave them uh, the vibromycin, and, they, and in some cases, the azithromycin. They used more vibromycin. Um, then uh, we certainly, then I, I know I have, and the others that I work with uh, have, because uh, actually azithromycin has uh, some antiviral uh, properties to it more than vibromycin. And so that's why we've kind of leaned toward uh, the other. And so, yeah, you know, we, we've done the very same thing. I mean, I was, I was very fortunate to actually um, be able to communicate with the the previous, they just recently have now put in a new um, uh, state of health in India, but the previous one, when we first had the outbreak, I was able to communicate with him directly, and um, they not only treated the patient, uh, but what with the packets, but he saw to it that they treated the entire family because of exposure. Uh, And his reasoning was this, that, look, we have uh, a billion people, over a billion people in India, and we can't afford to let this spread through here and have uh, people just everywhere uh, this ill. And so they were actually, um, they were prophylactically treating the entire family if they were exposed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, one of the things that's happening now is the sudden adult death syndrome, and that's from the spike protein. 
attacks the heart. It also causes strokes and other things. So people are, uh, especially a lot of younger people, 18 years old to 35, uh, they're walking along and then all of a sudden they have a heart attack or something like this. Healthy as could be right after they've had their shots. Now, um, Dr. Peter McCulloch, who you're going to be with, uh, talked about electrical distribution uh, or disruption and cardiac death following vaccination. All of this is occurring. So even if you've had the shot, and especially if you've had the shot, you're in great danger. So there are things that you can do. And you mentioned one of the things you can do, and that's vitamin D. That's very helpful. In other words, you treat that somebody who's had the shot almost like they have COVID, uh, vir- virtually the same thing. Is that the best uh, treatment if you've had the shot? Uh, because you can't undo it. Is that the best treatment, Dr. Graves? Well, we found that, yes, that is very helpful because, as we know, uh, the mRNA causes a uh, continued inflammatory uh, reaction in the body. And anytime you have inflammation, and I think that people need to uh, listen up um, because America has been known that we have more obese people in our country than any probably country in the whole world. Right, right. Um, Somalia, uh, but at the at the same time, you know, obesity within itself. I mean, I just I just had a call today, um, and somebody who had uh, had their, uh, their you know their fully uh, completed uh, quote vaccine uh, ten months ago, and now has a hundred and two fever, positive with COVID, uh, sick as a dog, and um, but he he weighs two hundred and forty five pounds. Um, and with that type of weight, I'm sorry, but he's already starting in the hole because he has a lot of inflammatory uh, cells that are activated just by his obesity. He's already vitamin D deficiency because vitamin right. D is a fat-soluble vitamin, and, it, and the fat cells tie up the vitamin D where it cannot actually uh, do its job. And therefore, um, you know, he, this, this is just a, an example of the thousands of people that we see across the nation, if not millions, that are obese. But as I said to this family, I said, look, you know, start working on your diet uh, because it's not going to get any better, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to have these continued bombardment uh, of these uh, illnesses thrown at us. Um, And as you have said, um, the main reason, of course, is world population control, as well as leaving the resources resources for the elitist uh, around the world. They want more. Uh, uh, the, the more that they have is not enough. Uh, you know, they just have to have more and more and more. And so right. they want the world's um, valuable resources to be left for them. And that's why they really don't want to use something like an atomic bomb because it would pollute the ground and pollute the water source. And that's what China is actually after here in America. They're actually after our resources. Um, They could care less about the people. That's why they want to help get rid of them. Right. And just like they did before, You've got Bill Gates buying up the farmland, that type of thing. Now, there's a report uh, from England. The report released by the U.K. government 
has confirmed that nine out of every 10 deaths related to COVID-19 are found in those who are fully vaccinated. The virus variant is the same, and the UK approved only one different vaccine. That was the AstraZeneca from the U.S. Data in the U.S. a little bit different, but we've got a different reporting system. Nine out of 10 are those who are vaccinated. Doesn't that tell us that this vaccination isn't working? Doesn't that say that it's a dangerous thing to have? And we put all of our eggs into the basket of vaccine and none in the treatment. And in fact, they even stopped the treatment. This, this uh, somebody ought to be brought up on charges for doing that. That's their election of duty. And it's really affected the medical system and our belief in medicine and science. Of course, Dr. Fauci is science. We'll be right back with Dr. Graves. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single gold buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. Dr. Graves, where do we go from here? Where do we, the people, go from here? What should we be doing? How can we protect ourselves? Not only that, but how can we get back to sanity? Or is the country too far gone? I think this country is too far gone. I really do. Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't want to hear uh, that. You I really that. do. Well, I, I know you don't want to hear that. And neither does <laughs> I don't want to hear that when I say it. But uh, we have two. We've, I think that I hope that I showed uh, your listeners today that this is something that's been going on for decades and decades, if not centuries, that this is a concept that uh, actually was brought um, to the world through the very elitist of the elite, the very wealthiest. And they, they do not want uh, businesses. To, they, they will allow people to get only so far up the chain. And then they are actually knocked back down because they want to continue with these monopolies. And we have to realize that um, the FDA knew that Pfizer injection within three months caused over a thousand deaths and 40 over 42,000 injuries. They knew that. Wow. In fact, Pfizer hired 600 additional employees just to deal with that issue. And yet they went on and they knew that Pfizer documented that there were concerns about myocarditis and miscarriages and birth defects. But in 19, 
1976, we had 25 deaths from the swine flu vaccine, and it was pulled from the market. But yet now, we have gotten to the point where we're pushing this with children, we're pushing this with pregnant women, and we are continuing on. Now, what you can do is, if you've had one of these or more of these, I mean, my, I, I even hate to say this, but I have a little granddaughter that I'm visiting right now, and she's seven years old, and she walks up to me and she says, hi, she says, hi, Grammy, she says, I've had my um, COVID uh, shot, and she said, and it didn't hurt one bit, and I just, I, my heart just fell, and I thought, what? We know children don't get it. We know that. That's what's so bad, so sad. Right. We know that. And And if members of your own family won't listen, how do you expect other people to? That's really sad, Dr. Graves. They will not listen. They will not. Because they have been indoctrinated by the system. They have been mandated by their employers. Um, that they are to get this, and they just follow in line, uh, just as they did in the early 1900s with this bacterial meningitis. And if people don't think that there's not shedding, think again. We had our first case in Fort Riley back in the early 1900s of this meningitis bacterial uh, vaccine, supposed vaccine that was injected into people because of an experimental uh, project the Rockefellers wanted to do. You know this. So, uh, you know what you're talking about. Going all the way back, it sounds like science fiction. It is too too nefarious for anybody to dream up, but it is real. That's what's so sad well, about it. Is real. It, it and, is and, real. And, they, and these soldiers, and within just a matter of months, we had 14 of our training camps that were infected with it because these people were moved around. So there had to be shedding had to be and then they sent it over to europe and spread it over the entire world incredible incredible dr graves this has been astonishing you're doing a lecture tonight you're also lecturing a number of different places around the country aren't you yes i am and uh let's just just hope america wakes up the world right well, go ahead. I'm sorry. People, but until people say enough is enough and they go to their own doctors and they say, what have you read the EUA report that Pfizer and Moderna uh, and J&J, of course, that's kind of a lighter one now. But it, have you actually read the EUA yourself? Do you actually know what's in this shot that you're about ready to give me? <laughs> That until they are willing to do that and stand up and say, no more, okay, you gave me my first one, you gave me my second one, but you're not going to give me the boosters. You're not going to continue on with this. You're not going to give my children this, and you are not going to give my wife this who is pregnant. It's a death shot. Remember that. It isn't a life shot. Thank you, Dr. Graves. You are your treasure. You're an absolute treasure. All aboard the Truth Express. You can listen on your favorite podcast app or local radio station.
Patriot Gold Group. Consumer Affairs operating five years running for your IRA or 401k. Call 800-356-4470 today. All aboard the Truth Express with your conductor, Erskine, who give you the latest on national news, politics, policies, business, and government issues. This is Erskine. I'd like to thank all of our affiliates, all the way from Alaska to Puerto Rico to Lexington, Kentucky, all over the country, and the listeners around the world via the podcast. Thank you for Thank you for listening, and thank you for being part of our family. This is going to be a real pleasure because I have never, I I thought I knew Ken Timmerman. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I started out the introduction. Ken Timmerman is an internationally acclaimed investigative journalist and war correspondent, nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize in 2006 for exposing Iran's nuclear weapons program. That's only part of what Ken Timmerman is. His life story is just incredible. His book, St. Peter's Bones, bears witness to the persecutions of Christians in Iraq. He covered both sides of the Arab-Israeli conflict for over 30 years, including in 1982, taken hostage by the Westbury Beirut Palestinian guerrilla fighters when he uh, became born again into the Christian faith. His book, Dark Forces, the truth about what happened in Benghazi, deception, the making of the YouTube video, uh, Hillary and Obama blamed for Benghazi, ISIS begins, the election heist, and now, and the rest is history, tales of hostages, arms sealers, dirty tricks, and spies. Ken was all of that. He was a hostage. He was an arms dealer. He did dirty tricks, and he was a spy. He did all of that. Nobody knows international affairs better than Ken Timmerman. He is at the start of all of those. His website is kentimmerman.com. The rest is history. This is incredible, incredible book. And I'm sure that it was quite interesting writing this uh, journals. I would call it journals of a true investigative reporter. I think that's exactly what it is. Now we are watching the same thing happen. And Ken, you were the person who was there um, when when the media died. An expose on Bill Clinton by a Time reporter buried in July 1994 marked the end of mainstream media. And you were the one who they buried the story. Couldn't have that out. Now, if you look at the news, they've got two stories. They've got the Miralago, and they've also got the abortion issue. They've taken away the fact that we have the inflation. They've taken away the fact of what's been going on worldwide. They've taken away all the important stories. And it's all come down to the headline, Miralago and abortion. This is what they do. The The mainstream media has changed the entire narrative of the election. Are we the people falling for it? Yes, we are. That's what we're being fed. You've seen that. You've seen it throughout your history, haven't you, Ken? Uh, I, I have seen that, and uh, thank you for that great introduction, Erskine. Oh, I've got to just my. make one. Yeah, yeah go I've for got it. to make just one quick comment. Is that the dirty tricks in my subtitle? I didn't play the dirty tricks; they were the dirty tricks played on me. Uh, by oh, the they deep were, state. yes. Yeah, so I was engaged in investigating the deep state before we ever used that term, 
uh, in France in particular, and then later on in the United States. And you referred to what happened under Clinton with investigating communist China. That was really the convergence of the deep state and the end of uh, mainstream journalism. I think today what we have is a uh, partisan press, uh, right. certain, most, most of it uh, uh, working as arms of the uh, communications directorate of the Democrat National Committee. Absolutely. That's why they're changing the narrative. Now, in 1983, you were working as a stringer for Dutch radio. Uh, it was your first um, uh, time, and you were held prisoner, matter of fact, uh, for 25 days by the Palestinians in West Beirut. You said, as a matter of fact, all the people in West Beirut were prisoners. Tell a little bit about that. And I really want you to tell me, you'd worked for 18 years in Paris. And yeah. uh, to, uh, because you're you were fluent in French, so that helped you a lot. Wh- I'm reading it, and I'm reading it unbelievably. The place you were held was like eight stories down, and it's the the concrete started falling like pancakes. Am I right? Yeah. Uh, yes, it was eight stories when I was taken hostage in in wow. July of '82, and when I got <clears throat> out three and a half weeks later, it was one and a half stories in pancakes and. And during all that time, we could hear the the the, the building collapsing uh, over our heads. The concrete itself was being shattered and turned into dust. It was sort of rained down on us like rain on on a pane of glass. We could hear that above our heads, and we were oh. trying to find the safest place in this underground cellar and praying, praying all the time. That's the, that made you a very strong Christian. You figured the only way you were going to get out of there was through the power of prayer, and it was. It worked. You had to be it, well, thankful. It, right. It was. I was I was uh, quite literally delivered by angels, uh, and there's no other way of explaining it. Uh, I had been there for three and a half weeks. The so-called adults had left this uh, underground prison with other hostages. They were taking people out day after day and shooting them in the alleys outside. And at wow. the end, there were 13-year-old boys with Kalashnikovs. And there is little more frightening in this world, Erskine, than kids with uh, automatic weapons who have no moral compass and no adult supervision. Uh, I, I, love, I love what you I, said, kid. I got to say this. I love what you said. I don't want to interrupt you. What's more... Um, more scary, more dangerous. A gorgeous Swedish woman with a Glock 19 <laughs> or a Palestinian teenager with an AK-47. You say the teenager <laughs> with an AK-47 is really bad, but you know, a gorgeous Swedish woman with a Glock 19 ain't nothing to mess with, right? <laughs> uh, uh, well, that's, that's right. I know that very personally as well because I married one, and she's a pretty right. good shot. Uh, and I wouldn't like to get on the other side of her Glock 19, but, boy, those, those 13-year-old kids with the AK-47s, uh, there was no rationality. There was no reliability. No. There was no, no, con- no consciousness, no, 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 no compassion or anything with the kid. With but no, a no like consequence that. either. They, they, right. they, they were taking people out and shooting them and nobody cared. Nobody cared. So when some, an adult came into that underground prison and said, are there any Frenchmen here? I sort of flipped the coin in my head and said, you know, uh, heads, I stay here and I die. Uh, tails, they take us out and shoot us. But at least if they take us out and shoot us because the Frenchmen uh, were wanted by the Palestinians for capital crimes, at least we get shot out in the light. So I said, yeah, I'm a Frenchman. Please take me. I'm here. 
and I went out, and ultimately it was kind of like Peter, if you remember in the book of Acts early on, I think it's Acts chapter 3, where Peter is walked out of that prison at night by an angel, and he appears right. to the apostles. He arrives at their house at the apostles, and, uh, and, and they don't recognize him at first. They can't believe that it's him at the door, and he has just been walked to their door in the darkness and uh, right. deposited there on the doorstep, delivered. Delivered you from sheer uh, absolute death and uh, walked you right out. That That's incredible. Delivered me from you, evil, yes. You started, you were embedded with the left-wing pro-Palestinians in uh, West Beirut, immediately taken hostage. There was no compassion, no talking to, to them or anything else. Now, you also founded the uh, Foundation for Democracy in Iran. But when you're 18 years in Paris, you are investigating weapons of mass destruction for a congressional committee in 1994. And uh, you got fired because you discovered that the U.S. transferred advanced aircraft manufacturing technology uh, vis-a-vis the Clinton White House to China. This was a huge story, huge story. They never let you publish it anywhere, did they? They just shut it completely down. It was an enormous story, and I had it all scheduled, written and scheduled in, and in the book uh, in Time magazine in July of 1994. And the Friday before the release of the story would have been released on the Sunday. On that Friday, they pulled it at noon and fired me at 2 p.m., saying that I had pissed off the administration with my questions. And I turned to my editor and I said, wait a second, I thought it was... That's what I was supposed to do as, in a, as a reporter. I was supposed to ask questions that didn't necessarily please those people in power. He said, no, no, you pissed off our administration. And that's when I got it. That's when I understood that uh, these organizations, I'd worked for a uh, time before that for Newsweek, for ABC News, for CBS News. I worked right. for the New York Times. And I understood at that point that they all had all become shills for the Democrat Party, in particular, the, 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 at this point, the Clinton administration. It was shocking and uh, stunning and overwhelming. So now you, you, for, you really understand why nothing happened to Hillary Clinton. You also understand <laughs> why nothing's happening about Hunter Biden. Uh, the whole right. uh, media has uh, uh, formed a shield around to protect these people, hasn't it? They have. And and what's even more shocking uh, is the fact of the deep state protection that the Democrats have been receiving. Hunter Biden, uh, we've learned just in these past few days, was protected by the FBI, the FBI agent in charge right. of his investigation. Shut it down and shut it down, giving no reason, which, by the way, he's required to do under FBI regulations. He gave no reason for shutting it down. Uh, the FBI also warned Facebook, and they probably warned Twitter. Uh, and But Facebook, we know because Mark Zuckerberg has, has told Joe Rogan this on a podcast, that the FBI right. came to him and said, this is all dis- Russian disinformation. Watch out. Absolutely unbelievable. I saw that uh, early on with Communist China in 94, and I do talk about that in the book, uh, right. in preparing for that story on the selling out of uh, 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 aircraft manufacturing technology, which, by the way, today has given the Chinese the capability to manufacture those fifth-generation aircraft. They wouldn't be able to do it without the stuff that Clinton sold them in 94, 95, 96. But I went out to the CIA ahead of time to get their take on it. And we were given such a whitewash, it was un. 
unbelievable. It was hard to believe the garbage we were being told by the CIA analysts there who were looking at Chinese military uh, technology. They said, well, the Chinese, they've got a, they've got a third world army. Uh, you know, their military technology is awful. Uh, this isn't going to do them any good. There are a dozen other countries around the world who have the same kind of stuff. This was manufacturing gear from the B-1 bomber plant in 1994, <laughs> the top of the top that we had in our country. Nobody else had that kind of technology. Right. Giving them, just giving and, it to them. Now, and the CIA I, I want to go. I want to go back to your day when you were held hostage. You actually saw Yasser Arafat, and, and the name, I'm looking at this, I'm going, with a lady named Natasha was walking by <laughs> you. I mean, this this sounds like Boris Badenov and Natasha. I mean, you're looking at this, you're going, it, it couldn't be named Natasha. But uh, you actually saw him walking by and everything. And then the weirdest part about this was two F-14 Tomcats from the USS Ticonderoga simultaneous bombing. They were learning how to do that simultaneous bombing, same thing they used at the World Trade Center, simultaneous bombings. And uh, it was a building which uh, you had been at two hours before, totally leveled, you were once again saved by an angel by getting out of that building before it was bombed. Two hours would have made the difference, wouldn't it? It was two hours. And we saw Arafat the night before, uh, at midnight or something like that, we were able to peer through a, a, a duct uh, up above, you know, an air conditioning duct in this uh, furnace right. room where we had been taken to. And we saw him walking. Now I call her a Natasha. It's just a, it's kind of a nickname. But anyway, I saw the Natasha walking with him. It was an arms depot, and it was blown up by the Israelis the next day, two hours after we left. Wow. We'll be back. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single gold-buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Gold Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. Talking with Ken Timmerman, I've got a quote. This is just too good. Just too good. The New York Times actually identified me as an arms dealer. That's sort of funny. It was after I got out of Beirut, started returning to the Middle East. The bug bit me. I went to Egypt. I went to Israel. I went to brunch on different places, back to Lebanon, then to Paris. Became friends with a guy named Bar- Mark uh, Broman, Colonel Mark Broman, who is head of the Pentagon Office of uh, Defense uh, Cooperation. Big job in Paris at the U.S. Embassy, which was basically in charge of U.S. arms sales to France. Broman is going to retire. Partner was a character named Paul Cutter, former CIA operative, spent a lot of time behind the Iron Curtain clandestinely in the 70s and 80s, or 60s and 70s. He was Serbian by origin and quite a character. Well, you eventually, 
you uh, went to Egypt. You knew people there. Uh, you said, hey, we want to buy those USF uh, Fords from Egypt. You know, Egypt, you've been to Egypt a number of times. You've dealt with them. And so you brokered a deal and for Paraguay. <laughs> and you said, <laughs> you know, this was equal to like uh, half of the budget of Paraguay. And they had no military to speak of. They had just a bunch of uh, little single-engine planes. $132 million deal. And you found out it actually was for Iran. Wow, that was something, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, that was an eye-opener. It was not what I had expected, and it was not what I had signed on for. Not <laughs> what you signed I, up for, no, sir. No, and once I realized it was for Iran, uh, I, I backpedaled very, very quickly, began preserving documents uh, to make sure if, if anything went wrong, I would have a documentary trail of the entire deal. And ultimately, I went to CBS 60 Minutes, and uh, we were going to uh, uh, do a show on this. Uh, right, that, one of that the was with, uh, with Mike Wallace, right. Uh, I, no, this was actually with Bob Simon at the time. Later oh. on, I did, I did other shows with Mike Wallace, but this was with Bob Simon, who was a great correspondent actually he died in iraq right. uh, during the uh, first gulf war but he, uh, during the second gulf war but he was an amazing correspondent and uh, so our plan was to get some of these arms dealers that do clandestine video footage of them that didn't pan out that story never aired but later i got hired by the new york times with the same information which i had now turned into a book called fanning the flames Guns, greed, and geopolitics in the Gulf War. This was in 1987, right? Right. Uh, just as Iran Contra was breaking, and so the New York Times hired me to to do all this. I told them about the Paraguay incident and showed them all the documents and the rest. And again, just before they published their front page story, they they say they had acquired some other document that showed that I was still part of the Iran deal with this. <laughs> And, and they said, you know, we have understood that Mr. Timmerman, who helped research this story, was actually a player in this deal. But we have re-interviewed all of his sources and found everything he has told us has been 100% accurate. So I go to the guy who was selling my book at this point. He worked for the New York Times, their syndication sales. I said, Paul, his name was Paul Gendelman. I said, Paul, they've just, the New York Times has just, I called me an arms dealer. And he said, so what's your problem? Did they spell your name right? I said, yeah, they spelled my name right. He said, well, that's free publicity. I said, okay. <laughs> you didn't need publicity as an arms dealer. <laughs> it was kind of funny. But, uh, you know, that was his response to it. And uh, I, I never actually uh, had flack uh, about that ever again. And, and certainly the Iranians knew very, very well that I was exposing their arms deals. I was not part of their arms deals. Uh, but, uh, you know, that did not stop some reporters in France, some evil-intentioned reporters in France from repeating the slander uh, that I was somehow involved in selling weapons to Iran. Uh, so it's kind of, it's, 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 uh, it's ironic in the end because, as you mentioned in your intro, I later formed the Foundation for Democracy in Iran, Iran.org. Right, right. I have worked with countless different opposition groups in Iran to overthrow the regime and the mullahs. The second volume of this memoir is called uh, the Iran House, and it's about those attempts working with Israeli intelligence uh, to overthrow the Iranian regime. Under so, under no- uh, President Trump, we were very close to overthrowing them because they were broke uh, because were broke. of all the sanctions. Right. We'll be right yes, back. They were. To and Timmerman.
Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single gold-buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. I think one of the most interesting was your biggest market. The biggest market apparently was Iraq because they were buying 80% of the Aerosporte missiles uh, from uh, France to uh, Saddam. Iraq uh, was buying all sorts of things, Soviet missiles. They're mounting them on French jets. And I'll tell you why that was a big deal, huge deal, because basically it gave the Soviets at the height of the Cold War now access to some of our most secret targeting mechanisms under the wing of these French jets was the targeting pod, the later laser de- designation pod. The French says made by Thompson CSF. They said, oh, yes, Thompson sold this. No, it came from Martin Marietta in the U.S. That gave them, it gave them our secret targeting mechanisms that the Soviets had. That was, I mean, we're not good at keeping secrets, are we? Well, uh, we're not often, but this was not the U.S. fault. It was not the fault of Martin Marietta. This was the French. Let me just backtrack a little bit and fill in how, how we got there. I, I yes. spent uh, you know, many years in Baghdad uh, before the first Gulf War uh, talking to French arms dealers, talking to Iraqi officials. At one point, I was blacklisted by Saddam, but then he let me come back in uh, and introduced me to the heads of the ballistic missile program there, to the head of their uh, chemical weapons program, the head of their uranium enrichment programs. I was the first journalist to actually interview these people, to meet them face-to-face, and the pictures of them in my book, and the rest is history. So in 89, Saddam had an arms fair where he was showing off all of his equipment, the stuff that he right. brought from France and everywhere else, and that's where I saw this targeting pod with a Soviet missile sitting beneath an Iraqi Mirage F1. That's a French. You looked at that. You said fighter. that's that's not the right thing to be under that wing, right? No, that that's absolutely right. And it turns out, and, and I didn't know it at the time. I believed what Thompson was saying. They said, "Oh, this is our targeting pod, our laser designation pod." It was not at all. It was something that had been imported to France under a very very specific license, never to be re-exported. The French violated that license. Uh, <laughs> it. And, and ultimately, I exposed it by taking photographs and publishing them in a newsletter that I had at that point. It was picked up by the Pentagon. The Pentagon blocked the French from buying a U.S. missile company. And the French, after that, were trying to get rid of me any way they could. They tried to PNG me, to declare me persona non grata from France right. because right. of this, because I scotched a $500 million deal they were trying to do here in the U.S. because they had violated our export, export controls. 
1985, you're in South Africa. Canadian Gerald Bull, he was getting the for Saddam again, a long-range ar- artillery, 155-millimeter gun. That's huge. That's incredible, isn't it? Uh, those are the big howitzers. We have those still today. And, and by the way, we're sending them to Ukraine. We're sending them to Taiwan uh, and other places. Uh, but at that time, Gerald Bull had I- uh, invented a new form of <laughs> artillery munition that had right. greater range than anything else. It was very important. And the Iraqis were looking for that. At the time, I was going all over the world investigating arms sales for Iraq. That was kind of my beat. Uh, the Iraqis were not that displeased about it because I think they saw this was a, if not a deterrent to the Iranians, at least it showed the Iranians that the Iraqis were powerful. Uh, so the Iraqis did not get in my way. Uh, the Iranians weren't very happy, but the Iraqis did not get in my way. So I went to South Africa and talked to the head of their arms corps, the Armaments uh, Corporation of South Africa, after I had been spending, I'd spent three weeks going around to different production plants. I had fired one of their 155 millimeter howitzers in Namibia. <laughs> I mean, that was quite an experience. I tell that in the book as well. Not quite sure where we were or how many Cubans were on the other <laughs> end of that, uh, <laughs> that volley from those, <laughs> from those South African guns. But anyway... He confirmed to me, the head of arms corps confirmed to me that they were selling these guns to Iraq. And a year, two, three years after that, I was in Iraq when I saw them on the battlefield being used in the final, one of the final big battles of the war on the Fowl Peninsula. So uh, I, I, you know, I'm a journalist of the old school. I keep notes. I keep track of things. I compare notes. I will go from one country having talked to one person, then go to another country where I can corroborate what this person told me or find the facts on the ground. Uh, so that's the way that I operated as a reporter, as an investigative reporter for years and years. And there's very little of that any longer, I'm afraid. No, practically none. Uh, you found out you're dealing with arms sales and I got interested in technology uh, that you need to manufacture arms. It turned out we in the West, not just the U.S., Britain, in particular, France, Germany, Italy were selling Saddam dual-use technology for his factories, helping him build factories to make chemical weapons, biological weapons, ballistic missiles, cyclotrons, enriched uranium, whole panoply of uh, conventional weapons. But at the same time, uh, they got uh, hold of uh, gas, uh, which they was dual-use. They used it to gas 100,000 Kurds, thanks to Donald Rumsfeld. Now, for that also took you into the Simon Wiesenthal Center. They were checking with the connection between Iran, Germany, et cetera, and the poison gas, right? Uh, right. And I was one of the first reporters. In fact, I think I probably was the first reporter who drew the connection between dual-use exports and armaments manufacturing. And I came to the conclusion very quickly as I looked at Saddam Hussein in particular uh, but also the South Africans, that once you export the capability to manufacture weapons, uh, you can no longer control those weapons. So we could, we could say, well, we sell arms to the Shah, we sell F-4s and F-14s to the Shah, but uh, once we cut off the supply of spare parts, those aircraft were grounded. Well, they were grounded just as long as the Iranians could not make the spare parts. By the way, they never could. The Iranians were never smart in the way the Iraqis were in the beginning. They've gotten smart now, but in the beginning they were not, and they did not learn how to manufacture 
the parts themselves. Saddam learned how to make his own weapons. He imported the technology, the machine tools, the, the controllers, the computers, everything that he needed, the training of his people. They trained a lot of them in France, by the way. Uh, and I went to that training facility. So he learned to get around any kind of arms embargo and to basically purchase his independence. Very smart. Very effective. Wow. Now, you say Papa, Papa Bush opened up the weapons gates. And uh, not only did he open up the weapons gates, they used to call him Poppy Bush because of the war in Afghanistan and the opium and all of that. It all was tied up together. But uh, BASL, Bank of uh, uh, Naziates del Lavaro, Italy, apparently that's where they did a lot of money laundering and stuff, wasn't it? Ran a lot of stuff through there. Right. The BNL Bank, the Banco, Banco Nazionale del Lavaro. And they had a, um, a subsidiary in Atlanta, Georgia, the BNL Bank in Atlanta. And they right. were the ones who were running all of these dual technology exports. And that's the floodgates that Papa Bush opened up. He, he was going to open up com, uh, commodity credits from the Department of Agriculture and, and also billions of dollars to help Saddam Hussein after he had defeated Khomeini to build up his weapons industry. Now, I thought that was a particularly evil thing at the time, and I investigated it. I wrote right. lots of stories about it. I testified before Congress. I thought my investigations were not political. I had applied what I thought was a pretty objective standard that the United States had gone from blocking dangerous exports to Saddam to enabling dangerous exports to Saddam. And I thought that was a pretty dangerous thing. Uh, Later on, of course, I learned it was all about politics. And one of the reasons that uh, Mike Wallace and the New York Times and the rest of them loved me was because I was saying bad things about a Republican president. That's not how it began. And that was certainly not how I saw it. But that's how the media at the time saw it. That was the beginning of this media uh, metamorphosis into the uh, communications director of the DNC. Uh, 1994 death lobby, how the West armed Iraq. It became a Bible for UN inspections. This was very interesting. The info you got from the French, how to take out radar and all of that in Iraq, stopped the early warning and probably saved a lot of U.S. lives when you got that information about how to take out the radar because it stopped their early morning. So we just uh, basically had marched right into Iraq with all that information. You were instrumental in doing that, weren't you, Ken? I was contacted by the uh, U.S. Air Attaché in Paris because they subscribed to my newsletter where I was writing about French arms sales to Saddam Hussein before the war began. So this was, you know, in late 1990, early 1991. The war began in March of 1991. And uh, they said, we've got a problem. I said, okay. And he said, yeah, the French are not giving us any information. They are our allies. Uh, they have right, said that they're right. our allies in this war against Saddam, but they're not giving us any information about the radar that they have sold to Saddam. Can you find something out? And I said, well, look, uh, I certainly cannot commit espionage, uh, but what I can do is talk to French sources at these companies who I know are pro-American and right. see what they are willing to tell me, and I will publish it in my newsletter. And, oh, by the way, the, if they <laughs> give me documents or anything else, I'll hand them over to you as well. So we got the information that they needed so we could flow, fly Apache helicopters, nap of the earth, which means 50 feet across, uh, above ground, and take out 
the radar systems built by the French, in particular the Soviets also, before our planes, our F-14s or F-15s or F-16s and the rest would be flying over on bombing runs. So that way we did not lose all the aircraft. We were expecting in the beginning, the United States was expecting before this to lose perhaps hundreds of aircraft. And right. we only lost a couple as a result. Amazing. You were at the center of this. That's what's also so amazing. I don't, if it wasn't for Angel, if it wasn't for Jesus' protection, you never would have made it through this because you were in some very dangerous spots, weren't you? <laughs> that, that's true. And, you know, sometimes I, I do these interviews and, and I want to, you know, start off and say, uh, thank you, Lord Jesus, for keeping me in times of utmost peril, <laughs> for guarding me and saving me in times of utmost peril, sometimes without even knowing the kind of peril I was in. And there are a couple of stories like that that I tell in this book, and the rest is history. We, we, all, we all need prayer right now, especially as what's happening with Iran and everything else around the world. Uh, and the rest is history is an amazing book. Absolutely amazing. I'm surprised you lived through all this. There were so many points that you could have died, so many things that could have happened, and so many places where you were at the very center of history. You changed history. You're aware of that, aren't you? You did change history. Well, I, I, I guess I don't think of it quite in those terms, but you may Well, right. think about the invasion of Iraq without the right, information. Right. You changed right. history there. Think about so, some of the arms deals that you were involved with where you changed history there. But we've got a situation now in Iran, which you've been warning about. You were the first one to give warnings about the improved cyclotrons. You were the first one who came out with the information that the uranium that the Russians bought went straight to Iran, a lot of that, when uh, Mrs. Clinton sold sold off a lot of our uranium, 25% of our stockpile, I think. Mm. Uh, A lot of that went straight to Iran vis-a-vis Russia. So we've got a real situation now with Russia that's on the precipice of having a bomb, and they, they have the bomb. They may not have delivery. They've got cyclotrons that are so much faster, so much better. They've got heavier and water plants. We should knock them out. That's what you're kind of recommending is that we take them out right now while we can. And the time is getting short. Is that, am I right on that or am I wrong? Well, you know, for years, uh, Erskine, I've said that with the Iranians, uh, we should not uh, launch a military strike on them because we have other options to exhaust first. Today, right. I think we've exhausted just about all of those military, uh, all of those uh, non-kinetic options. We used uh, uh, Stuxnet, a very sophisticated uh, computer virus, to uh, shut down their centrifuge enrichment program at one right. point. But they built it back up. And the Israelis right. have, have uh, conducted targeted assassinations. They got the head of the nuclear weapons program uh, two or three years ago. They've gotten other nuclear uh, engineers but the Iranians are replacing them. And I think and they, 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 bombed, they bombed their site a couple of times, but they've rebuilt and they, that. Well, well uh, bombed, but not with the Air Force. They, they, it was a, some kind of local explosion that was caused there. That's correct. In 2020, in one of the enrichment plants, and it did a lot of damage. And they're still, the Iranians are still feeling the impact of that damage today. But it will not be the United States, certainly not under Joe Obama, uh, who's going to attack or take out the Iranian nuclear sites. It will be the Israelis, and the Israelis are warning us 
They are saying this publicly now. They have exhausted their options. And if they see the Iranians cross their red line, now, we don't know exactly what is the Israeli red line, but it is not so close that they put a nuclear warhead (laughs) on a missile. It is way before that. When they see the Iranians cross that red line, they're going to act, and they're going to act decisively. And my fear is that the the Biden administration uh, takes action against Israel, not against Iran. But against Israel, that is my biggest. I think fear. that's I think that's altogether possible. Whereas under the Trump administration, they moved the uh, uh, the embassy. They also uh, put together, and I think one of the best things that the Trump administration did was put together the Abraham Accords because the enemy of my enemy is my friend. That's what they did, and when they put that together, we'll talk more about Iran and what's going on right now with Ken Timmerman. But get a copy of this book; you won't put it down. And the rest is history. Incredible. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single gold buying opportunity in history well wells fargo and goldman sachs say this is the time to buy gold patriot gold group where your ira or 401k can be in physical gold and silver and you may qualify for no fee for life ira call 800-356-4470 for details patriot gold group consumer affairs top rated gold ira dealer five years running call 800-356-4470 today Yes, the raid on Mar-a-Lago was bad. Yes, the uh, situation with the abortion issue is bad. But the situation with Iran is worse. We've got other situations that are worse around the world. We've got situations on international diplomacy. What happened in Afghanistan is beyond bad. It showed the weakness of the United States. The situation of selling out to China is really bad. It's a bad situation, terrible situation. And what's happening in this country, lack of moral values, lack of laws and all that, and the open borders and all that, that is beyond bad. So we've got lots of things to look at, and we're being distracted by the media. And Ken Ken knows that better than anybody. Now, when it comes to Iran, you know more about Iran than anyone. When you're looking at it, I think you'll have to agree that that uh, Abraham Accords was one of the best things that happened in the Middle East for world peace, wasn't it? I, th- I think it was, Erskine, and it's something I've written about uh, at KenTimmerman.com, uh, and uh, it's something I feel very strongly about. I know some of the leaders in those countries, and uh, it, this was uh, spearheaded, of course, by President Trump. He, he passed the ball to Jared Kushner. Uh, right. He did, did a great, did a great job with it. Did a great job with it. Yes, he, he really, he really did. And it was part of a comprehensive strategy to integrate Israel as America's strategic partner into right. the region. And uh, so, not only did we move the embassy to Jerusalem, which, by the way, Congress has uh, told every president since Bill Clinton to do 
but none of them have done it, including George W. Bush. Uh, right. Donald Trump was the one who actually did it. That was part of the plan. And then this, the Abraham Accords, were the second part of the plan, or the second shooter drop, if you wish, where he integrated Israel, helped them to form uh, uh, alliances, peace, peace agreements, and then economic alliances with the United Arab Emirates, with Bahrain, uh, uh, and, and Morocco, and, uh, and other countries in, in the region. And now Saudi Arabia is on the cusp of doing the same thing. They might not do it quite so openly as the others, but we just had uh, a week ago, 10 days ago, I think it was, the first Israeli commercial airliner overfly Saudi territory on a uh, flight to Qatar. And that was the, the, you know, it was a huge event. The Saudis, for the Saudis, it was a big event. For the Israelis, it was a big event. You have uh, open meetings now between Israeli and Saudi officials, something that was absolutely uh, unthinkable just a couple of years ago. And for all this, we have to thank Donald Trump. Well, uh, Jared Kushner said that what broke it open was the alliance with the uh, United Arab Emirates. That was what broke it open. And then uh, Egypt came along and others came along. And, uh, you know, the fact that you've got Shiite and you've got Sunni, the difference is even Saudis don't get along with the Iranians. Very few people in that area get along with them. Not easy people to get along with, apparently. But uh, we had them with where the people were ready for an uprising. They were ready to uh, uprise against them at one point. And then we let our, our, um, we let them get away. I mean, this was incredible what happened. That should never have happened, should it? Well, it's a, to to be fair, it isn't, it it is a complex situation. Uh, The protests against the regime in Iran intensified starting not long after Donald Trump took office in 2017. And you had outbreaks that year. You had outbreaks in 2019. You had more outbreaks in 2020. And uh, the regime had the regime in Tehran understood it could no longer uh, just put these down uh, or wait them out, let them, you know, burn themselves out. They had to actually use uh, deadly force to put them down. And so you had, you've now had hundreds, if not thousands of people murdered by the regime during these protests as the regime increases the, the oppression. What has happened as a result of that internationally? Absolutely nothing. The Europeans well, you had the foundation for democracy in Iran. And the Iranians uh, had a quasi-democracy at one point before the Ayatollahs took over. And they had freedom. Women had freedom. It was uh, one of the most progressive countries in the Middle East. Yeah, it, I wouldn't call it a democracy or quasi-democracy. It was under the Shah, but nevertheless, they, right. had a, 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 they had a parliament. It was not very effective, but you're right. Women had rights. Women, uh, uh, right. women were part of government. They were running government agencies. I have a friend who was the director of, of uh, customs at that time, a female who now lives in the state of Maryland as, a, as an exile. So women did play important roles, and the country was modernizing. Uh, and turning towards the West. And that angered the Ayatollahs who wanted to keep their grip on power. Ken Timmerman, thank you. KenTimmerman.com, the book, and the rest is history. You need that book. It's fabulous. A great read, our fun read. All aboard the Truth Express. You can listen on your favorite podcast app or local radio station.
Patriot Gold Group. Consumer Affairs operated five years running where your IRA or 401k. Call 800-356-4470 today. All aboard the Truth Express with your conductor, Erskine, who give you the latest on national news, politics, policies, business, and government issues. Wow, we've got Claire Lopez with us. She is the founder, president of Lopez Liberty, LLC, and he has a mission to educate Americans to the national security threat from the Islamic movement. Muslim Brotherhood and its collaborators among the ranks of Marxist communists in this country. She's also a former career operations officer of CIA, senior analyst for Ravina Associates, a strategic corporate communications firm. From 2014 to 2020, uh, Claire served as vice president for research uh, and analysis at the Center for Security Policy. She's been a senior fellow at the London Center for Policy Research member of the Board of Advisors for the Canadian McKinsey Institute, provides her expertise uh, as an instructor on Iran, Hezbollah, and the red-green axis for understanding the threat on the uh, global Islamic movement and jihadi networks. Uh, Her website, gatestoneinstitute.org, lots of different places. No, no, no. I, I, I don't actually have a website. Okay, I'll leave that off. Okay. <laughs> and and they fired me uh, six years ago. Well, you can also Google. You can Google uh, Claire Lopez. Yeah. Because uh, she's got lots and lots of articles out, including Defend the Border. It's in the Constitution. Now, when you've got a pandemic going on, you've got a border open, you've got uh, people coming in unvaccinated, being flown all over the country. There are 400,000 people at the Del Rio, Texas place alone, 400,000 illegals coming in this year, 2 million coming across the border from at least 150 to 165 different countries. The number is increasing exponentially daily. This is a disaster, and it is nothing short of an invasion. I'm not wrong on that, am I, Claire? No, you're, you're not wrong at all, Um this is absolutely an invasion, and those, uh, you know, CBP, Customs and Border Protection uh, uh, agents uh, down on the border, on the front lines, as well as, you know, the, uh, the um, officials of, of the states on the front lines, like Texas, like Arizona, uh, they, will, they, they will say straight up, uh, this, this is an invasion. It's thousands and thousands and thousands of unvetted, untested, un-anything illegals border crashing every single day we've got uh december 7th 1941 day of the lip and infamy 2403 dead when the japanese bombed pearl harbor in a sneak attack september 11th 2001 2977 died when the islamics attacked the world trade center but 2020 to 2022 we've got the opioid number one cause of deaths 18 to 45, 108,000 dead, 108,000 dead. Yeah. Now, the opioids went from China to Hezbollah to Mexico, 
with the open border. This is 40 times, 45 times more than died in Pearl Harbor, 36 times more than died at 9-11. This is a crisis by any definition, isn't it? It absolutely is. And, and here's the point. You know, with, with those opioids flooding in, uh, majority of them fentanyl, and we can talk about the new variations of fentanyl, like the colored, right. rainbow-colored type. Oh, yeah, that's um, like the Skittles for kids and uh, killing looking, kids, too, looking with like it. candy right. to, to hook the kids. But those opioids, plus methamphetamines of other kinds, um, you know, flooding, flooding in. And, and as you just, you know, told our, our, our listeners about the horrific numbers of people that, that, that those drugs are killing inside of our country, uh, every state is a border state in that sense, because the ones being allowed to cross over our border illegally, uh, illegal aliens, include um, not just human traffickers, and we can talk about the horrific um, you know, sex slavery right, trade right. with children and so forth. Uh, terrorists, certainly terrorists, and we, we can get into the, um, you know, the likelihood of, of uh, Afghans and, and others bent on a new 9-11 inside the United States already. Right. But I want to get back to the to the opioids because um, in the in in the beginning it was it was China, China, the Communist Party of China, allowing fentanyl tablets to flood into the United States. That is absolute biochemical, or I should say chemical warfare, per un, uh, the, the uh, unrestricted warfare manual. Um, but it went by way of the Mexican drug cartels, which, yes, work in collaboration with Hezbollah, and then across our border. Well, when President Trump was in office, he, uh, he, he, he put this up to Xi Jinping, and he said, hey, you've you got to stop this stuff stop this stuff, the fentanyl coming across our border. And she says, okay, fine. And so what happened is that um, she clamped down on the fentanyl tablet pills production inside of China, but allowed all the precursor chemicals to go out to, again, the Mexican drug cartels, Hezbollah, and they mix it up then, the precursor chemicals, in their labs, and then it comes across our border. So it, it, it's the same thing. This is from China. China is behind this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you're saying that we're dereliction in our duties. We, I mean, the government of the United States, because this is against the Constitution. And let's quote a couple of those. Uh, Article 1, Section 10. No state shall, without the consent of Congress, lay any duty of uh, tonnage keep uh, troops or ships in war. Well, that's not the part that we're really interested in. Engage in war unless actually invaded or in such imminent danger that will not admit or delay. Now, so if you're invaded, states can take action. The government is uh, required to take action. This has not happened, has it? No, it has not. And and, uh, in addition to Article 1, Section 10 of our Constitution, we can look at Article 4, Section 4, uh, that, that states, the United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion. And therefore, when uh, the federal government does not uphold those articles of the U.S. Constitution, 
Then it comes to the state level, the authority, the right, the obligation to defend their state and their people uh, against invasion. And that's what's happening right now. Look at those two words. One is guaranteed. The second word is protect. That is very critical when you have guarantee and protect. And that's exactly where we need to be right now. And we haven't got time to talk semantics. Section 4, Article 2, President, Vice President, and all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office or impeachment for and uh, conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Now, it gets even better because on Section 2, it talks about, and this is also in Section 4, where that... uh, High crimes and dis- misdemeanors is defined about an impeachable offense and that uh, dereliction of duties. This is dereliction of duty, and this is one of the few times that it defines what a high crime and dis- misdemeanor is. This well, man I mean, it, should it, be it, taken out of office for high it, crimes yeah. and misdemeanors on this alone. This alone, forget all the lies and everything. Yeah. This alone is enough to get Biden and his whole administration out because they have derelicted their duty to protect the United States. You have been protecting it when you work with the CIA and other organizations. You've been fighting for the country. We all have relatives and our other people, and a lot of us have fought for this country. And to have it just dispelled because someone will not recognize an invasion when you've got 2 million people coming over this year, if this doesn't make every red-blooded American upset, I don't know what will. I'm not concerned about the Mar-a-Lago that much. I'm not concerned about the abortion that much. I am concerned about the country being invaded. That I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about that and and a number of issues. So, yeah, this is the. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I I, I would add one more citation from our U.S. Constitution. And and this is, to me, um, the defining Article 2, Section 3 makes the President of the United States the senior law enforcement official of the country and asserts in Article 2, Section 3, that he shall take care, shall take care that the laws be faithfully executed. Dereliction of duty on that article alone must be impeachable. Absolutely. Article 2, Section 3, uh... It says, absolutely, this agreement between them and the respective time of adjustment may adjourn. Such time shall take care that the law is faithfully executed and shall commission all officers of the United States. That's it. Article 2, Section 3. So you've got Article 1, Section 10, Article 4, Section 4, Article 2, Section 3, and Article 2, Section 4. All of that adds up to now where are the republicans why is nobody standing up and looking at the constitutionality and what needs to be done why aren't they is it because the entire congress is democrat yeah it's just a real disappointment um the leadership in congress in both the house and the senate and the republican side is is just absolutely lame um which is not to say that there are not individuals members of congress Right. And and governors like Governor Greg Abbott of Texas, you know, like a Ron DeSantis in Florida, 
and certain members of Congress who are not trying their absolute best to stand up for these principles and, and, and the U.S. Constitution. But um, when, when you're talking about the leadership, you know, Mitch McConnell in the Senate, a Kevin McCarthy right. in the House, um, just absolutely um, AWOL, lame, AWOL, um, just not, 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 just nothing. They're not even on the radar, not on the radar at all. No, You've no. also got the White House with their lies and this, Boy, I'm telling you, you don't you don't hold back. You just finished writing this uh, yesterday, where you talk about White House Press Secretary Karine Jean Pierre, whose only qualification oh. is that she's black and yeah. that she's a lesbian. Uh, she repeated lies about the border situation, kept replete, repeating migrants are not just walking across the border. She says, and you've also got Secretary Mayorkas, who also ought to be impeached. He says on numerous occasions, the border is secure. How can he look at the American public and sell them with a straight face? The border is secure. Now, I can understand Karine Jean-Pierre. She's got the toughest job going. She has to go out and make excuses and lies for the administration. But my orcas, him saying that, that, that's beyond the pale. That's beyond the pale. Yeah, it really is. And, um, you know, um, I I have to give some props to the White House press corps, and in particular, um, mad props to uh, uh, Peter Ducey, Fox News White House uh, correspondent, for putting um, the the, uh, White House uh, spokesman, Karine Jean-Pierre, on the spot day after day after day to where she's reduced basically to... You know, stammering, incoherent. Oh, absolutely. She's very coherent compared to our vice president. We'll be right back. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single gold-buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Gold Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. Talking with Claire Lopez. Claire, I've got to add this. Uh, tennis great Novak uh, Diskovac was banned because he wasn't vaccinated. But he had COVID. And according to all the reports, especially from Israel, if you've had COVID, you're protected 28 times better than the vaccination, which we know yeah. doesn't protect at all. But they're letting yeah, anybody, uh, all he had to do was go to Mexico, come across as a refugee or migrant or whatever, illegal, and he could have come right into the country. But because he wasn't vaccinated, even though he had COVID, and he's playing tennis, I mean, it's not like you're sitting down there hugging people. Tennis players are out there by themselves, not even near anybody else. Insanity. They are insane. 
It's 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 pure insanity. We're talking about Novak Djokovic, who uh, just won Wimbledon. By the way, tennis star, right. maybe one the of the best, greatest uh, tennis you know, players male in tennis history. player in the world. Right. right. And he's he's prevented from competing in the U.S. Open tennis tournament because he's not vaccinated. And just as you say, out there, you know, on 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 a court, uh, essentially wide open by himself. But the point that you made is absolutely valid, and that and 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 that is that. He already had the China virus. He has right. recovered from it. He's got the best natural immunity uh, that anyone could possibly have. And if you look at the data, the statistics now pouring in from across the world, the more jabs people have had, the original, then the second, then the booster, then an, those are the highest infections, hospitalizations, and death rates in the world right now. In England, it's uh, nine to one, the number of people who've been fully vaccinated who are dying versus those who have not. Ninety percent of them who are dying, it's, over 90 percent, has been uh, those who've been triple vaccinated. So the a, problem is the vaccine, the vaccine kills off your immune system. We're getting cases of cancer, everything else. Cancer has uh, become epidemic in this country after the vaccine because it reduces your immune system. This is not a good situation. But uh, And they are concentrating. We talked about this earlier with Dr. Graves. We've con- They're concentrating on the vaccine when they should have been concentrating on the treatment. But no, they wouldn't allow hydroxy. No, they wouldn't allow Iv- Ivermectin. Ivermectin, those two are bad, but you can bring in fentanyl and everything else. But hydroxy and Ivermectin were bad. They had remdesivir and all these others that were made by the drug companies that flatly don't work and cause a lot more problems. So this is just insanity, absolute insanity. We need to have some sanity brought to this. And I think we need to have Dr. Fauci brought up on Nuremberg type trial because this is a crime against humanity. Well, certainly um, uh, Nuremberg uh, conventions have been violated uh, repeatedly, informed consent was right. not available, was not provided no. to the people who were being coerced into taking Look at what shots. happened to the people in the military. Look at what's people happened to other people. I've got a friend who went to work for a company. You can't work if you don't get your vaccination. It becomes That's a, a violation of Nuremberg, of the Nuremberg of course, Code. Um, of course and, and so, I mean, you know, hopes are pinned on a change in hands of the Congress this coming November 2022 um, when uh, a, a, a transfer over of, of leadership, a chairmanship of the various committees, including government oversight and others, um, would allow uh, Republicans then to call hearings and to bring in these people from the CDC, the FDA, the NIH, the NIAID, and put them under oath uh, to provide testimony on why they did what they did. Um, that, that has to happen. Accountability, we have to have it. Now, you've written another article. <laughs> I love your articles. Uh, you wrote another one called Appeasement Means that Rand's New Quest is Unabated. And I put, this is a great movie. Appeasement Means that Rand's New uh, Quest Unabated, starring John Kerry as the Quisling. Now, <laughs> 20 years ago, this guy, uh, Alreza, you, you could pronounce the name, August 14th. 2002. We're going to talk about that when we get back. 
amazing story about what's going on with our friends, our friends, yes, some people's friends in Iran. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single gold buying opportunity in history well wells fargo and goldman sachs say this is the time to buy gold patriot gold group where your ira or 401k can be in physical gold and silver and you may qualify for no fee for life ira call 800-356-4470 for details patriot gold group consumer affairs top rated gold ira dealer five years running call 800-356-4470 today Twenty years ago, August 14, 2002, at a news conference, Deputy Director of the National Council of Resistance of Iran detailed the Iran Nuclear Weapons Program. We also had the Iran Nuclear Weapons Program detailed by Ken Timmerman when he was a reporter there. With satellite photos, um, he uh, showed everything. He showed where the heavier and water plant was. He showed where... Uh, uh, the centrifuges were and everything. Now they've got expanded centrifuges. Now they've gone uh, way beyond where they were. If they don't have a bomb, they're right on the precipice of it. Another uh, press conference monitored by James Rosen happened August 17th, 2022. And that he talks about John Bolton, who uh, 2015 ran a nuclear deal, who called it a huge mistake. He's uh, cornered out. They've got a lot of other people who they've named uh, Mike Pompeo and others who they have targeted for death. Now, this is not people you can talk with, not people you can deal with, is it? How close are they to a bomb and how dangerous is it? I think it's a major flashpoint is Iran. Uh, Iran. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, so, yeah, 20 years ago in August of 2002 uh, was the first time that uh, the uh, full scope at that time of the Iranian clan, their to four clandestine nuclear weapons program was revealed by the National Council of Resistance of Iran. Ali Reza Jafarzadeh is the deputy uh, U.S. Um, uh, representative for the NCRI. He presented, as you said, those satellite photographs, which the world had not seen, even though the Iranian nuclear weapons program began with this regime under the Ayatollah Khomeini back in the late 1980s, 88, 89. But 14 years went by before the the world, the public at large anyway, the IAEA even, International Atomic Energy Agency, got a look at what the Iranians were really doing. And more revelations have followed uh, in the 20 years since that time, Um, many more. Um, And, you know, despite all of that, uh, all the evidence uh, that Iran indeed is driving hard for a deliverable nuclear weapons capability with which to threaten its neighbors in the Middle East region, wipe Israel off the face of the map as they promised to do. But the evidence that they are um, on the on the precipice, just as you say, 
I personally think they probably have already developed oh, yeah. at least a small handful of warheads, nuclear warheads. We know they have uh, ballistic missiles, the delivery system. Uh, a funny quirk of, I don't know, international vocabulary maybe is that uh, it's not a weapon until the warhead is actually mounted on the nose cone of the missile, which perhaps has not yet been done. But I think the Israelis, of course, being in the bullseye uh, uh, as the first target for that Iranian regime, would probably have the best information. And again, I think they're probably working pretty closely with the NCRI and its Mujahideen-Kalk MEK network uh, of resistance inside of Iran itself. Now, to show you how dangerous this could be, uh, EMPs, they don't even have to set it off on the ground. If they're 250 miles above the earth, like above Dubai, and they set off uh, a nuclear warhead, the EMPs would knock out all of the electronics in Dubai, which would destroy the entire banking system of Europe. One nuclear bomb set up above Dubai, because that's where all the, all the uh, financial systems of Europe goes through. I mean, this is a horrific situation that we have. Forget about knocking out city. That would knock out everything, that one. And they didn't even have to take out a building or anything, just uh, knock out all the electronics in that area. So this right. is very uh, dangerous so, stuff. Yeah, and, and, and EMP is electromagnetic pulse. Right. And um, it, it is a, um, a stream of electrons that, um, can uh, destroy an unprotected electric grid. Now, I don't know what the status is of uh, the Emirates or Dubai, specifically uh, their civilian uh, uh, electric grid. I don't know if it's hardened or protected or not, but how about an EMP above Kansas? Our United <laughs> States. We have, we have almost no protection. and uh, not protected the- at all. And I, I should mention here, I think maybe this is the place to mention, we, we lost a brilliant uh, champion, uh, a brilliant scientist, uh, a mentor, and a friend to me uh, this past week, um, Dr. Peter Vincent Pry, um, who led for so many decades uh, the effort in the United States to get our grid protected and hardened. I've had Dr. Um, Pry on, and uh, he was a fabulous person. But the EMPs, they found out about it uh, back during the last century, when um, early last century, when they had an electromagnetic pulse EMP came off of the sun, and it knocked out all of the uh, uh, telegraph offices across Canada. The offices were just Well, and the United States. Right, and they called that the Carrington effect off of what happened in England. So this was called the Carrington well, no, effect, it, and it's it was not natural. that it happened in England. It, 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 it's that that solar flare, or sometimes called a coronal mass ejection, right. um, hit the United States. And because we were not an electrified uh, society at that point, the year right. was uh, 1859, Right. The uh, the communications that were affected were the telegraph system and the Carrington name, Carrington event was named after a British scientist who figured out what had happened. And right. indeed, that 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 CME um, fried 
the newly laid Atlantic cable under the Atlantic Ocean, which had to be completely re- at the bottom of the ocean. It's right. right. Had to be relayed. But that was. And, that was and, um, and the sad, yeah. sad part about that is we do not manufacture any transformers. It would blow up every transformer within 100 miles. Well, we manufacture some. Uh, but, not, but not enough. Transformers not enough are, to replace them. No. Are, are very specific to the location where they need to be installed and have to be ordered uh, a couple of years in advance. Right, Places right. that make them are Germany, Taiwan. We do not do much of that. We, we need to no. bring that production home, uh, but at the moment we do not. Well, Dr. Pry certainly spoke a lot about that. It was certainly something that, we could have taken effects and done something about, and we should have. We're just not protecting our country. The Biden, uh, no. Obama-Biden administration is weak and indecisive. The uh, Iranians know that. General Wald talked about the U.S. ability to attack and set Iran nukes back years and what needs to be done. He said there are four things. Keep the IRGC on for, uh, foreign terrorist organization. That's the Royal Guard. Uh, and ensure that the military option remains credible. Don't use it, but it has to be credible. Ballistic missiles back to the negotiating table and strengthen the relationship with our Mideast partners. In other words, the Abraham Accord strengthened it. Mm-hmm. General Wald mm-hmm. had four steps. You can't take the military option off the table. But we're seen as a weak and ineffective country right now, aren't we? We sure are. And um, again, uh, retired General Wald was one of the, the four, I think, four uh, panelists that you were referring to that was uh, right. uh, held uh, at the, uh, the Willard Hotel in Washington, D.C. just a few weeks ago and moderated right. by uh, correspondent um, James Rosen. And uh, General Wald laid out these four uh, uh, provisions that, that we that he is recommending, these steps that he recommends that, that are absolutely necessary uh, to defend uh, against uh, an incipient nuclear Iran, um, and, and certainly keeping the uh, Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, IRGC, on the foreign terrorist organizations list was top of that. Right, a right. List of that four was recommendations. That was his number one. And so one. far, it and looks like we're doing that. Now we're, you had we, former we have Ambassador Joseph. the Iranian demand, uh, but and the Biden administration is keeping them on the list. So that's good. Okay, check one. Now, former Ambassador Joseph said, use the threat of the military to leverage diplomatic yeah. progress. I love that idea. Yeah. You know, walk, uh, walk very quietly, but carry the big stick. Realize if you don't want to go along with it, We've got this to back us up and actually mean it. That's what you have to do. Yes. That's the only thing they they understand, Claire, I believe, is power. It's the only thing they understand. Exactly. And, I mean, what's most important about that, and, and, and uh, you know, uh, Ambassador Robert Joseph was absolutely uh, spot on with that, is that, uh, that that military threat has got to be credible. Right. And when we've got a military that's, you know, at the moment, busy trying on high heels, lipstick, and, and trying out their, their new pronouns. <laughs> but it's um, entirely you know, too woke, just, right. 
not a lot of credibility that the rogue enemies of the United States are perceiving at the moment. And that's a very dangerous place to be. A very, very dangerous. The military is designed to break things and to uh, uh, destroy things and to maintain peace. That's what it's for. Uh, you've got to have a strong deterrent military. You don't say we, we are not with our military and the training and what they're into right now. When you've got admirals who are uh, transsexuals and people are worried about the different uh, number of uh, LGBTQ and all that, then you're, you're just you're not even in the game with somebody like China. But, but it puts us in a very precarious, vulnerable position right now under this, uh, this Biden administration. Um, a time when the rogues of the world, if you will, you know, the leadership of China, the Communist uh, Party of China, Xi Jinping, the leadership, Kim Jong-un uh, of, of North Korea, uh, the Vladimir Putins of the world, Moscow, Russia, um, or, you know, or, or uh, the leadership of Iran. All of these are totalitarian regimes that seek to overturn the existing world order of sovereign nation states, Westphalian right. 1648 Treaty of Westphalia system of sovereign borders and nation states and return to an era when warlords rampaged across the countryside, uh, threatening and taking whatever they, whatever they wanted. That's where they want to take us back to. And without credible military deterrent, to those threats, the threats will be realized. They want a system of feudalism, which is what you have with the uh, socialism. They want the world to be socialized, and it means redistribution of wealth, but not to where they're saying it doesn't go down. It's to the wealthy, the rich. That's where it's going. The redistribution is going to the elites. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, communism is, is the end state that they're driving for, of course. Socialism right. is the step before communism. Uh, feudalism and capitalism are the earlier um, statuses, states of, of, of world order. Um, but but the, the, the problem, of course, is that they're very open. Uh, communists right. are very open about their objectives. And if anyone has read, and you should all be reading, audience, listen, uh, the Communist Manifesto, which is a pamphlet size. It's a, it's a pamphlet size of a, of a book, paperback. Right. But they're very open about saying that the world order must be overthrown by violent revolution. And their top 10 goals begin with the abolition of private property, the centralization of banking and all finance in a centralized government control. But I'm doing this from memory, but the centralization of education uh, right. in the hands of the government. And on and Are on. we not seeing uh, all that very today? Open, but we don't read it and we don't listen. We don't pay attention. Are we not seeing it today in the United States of America? Are we not seeing that happening daily? When you've got 87,000 IRS agents armed and you've got 29,000 on the border, doesn't that tell you what they're doing? They're not coming after the illegals. They're coming after us. Yeah. I mean, the only good news about that is that uh, number one, uh, that uh, that newly signed uh, legal edict um, can be and ought to be overturned by the next Congress. Uh, fingers crossed for that. But number two, that to even recruit and train 87,000 new 
IRS agents would take uh, literally years upon years. So that's the small bit of good news, but all that gives us is a window uh, to turn things around. Are we going to survive this? That's the question that a lot of us are asking. Are we going to survive it? I know a lot of people are turning to prayer, and that's a very good place to turn. But we've got to have some action along with it. Are we going to be? Are we going to survive as a nation, as a yes, free absolutely. nation? We are. Yes, absolutely, we will. Um, and I will tell you about one program, if I can put in a little plug here, that Please. is uh, geared exactly towards doing what you're talking about, um, which is taking action. And it's called the program is called Into Action. It's a program of Understanding the Threat at understandingthethreat.com with John Guandolo, uh, with whom I work on taking these training classes around the country to the local level, because that's where this is going to be countered, and that's where our republic is going to be restored, the local level, meaning communities, towns, city councils. uh, It's happening. We'll talk about it when we return. It's happening now. We'll talk when we return. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single goal? Gold buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. Check my website, truthexpressradio.com, or check any of the podcasts, but truthexpressradio.com. We've got all the shows archived, either last week or the week before John Gondolo was on, and uh, his website is understandingthethreat.com. But uh, we are doing it. We're making changes, and we're talking, of course, with Claire Lopez. Now, Claire, uh, I can see the changes in Florida. They threw out most of the school boards. They went to uh, people who were supportive of the parents. Virginia, they had the school boards were overturned rapidly. They put people in who were poor for educating the children, not for managing them and teaching them their own values. They're there for uh, teaching them reading, writing, arithmetic basics. And that's what they wanted in the school board, not, not the wokeness. So this is happening. It's a, it is a, revolution of the mama bears and the daddy bears in the schools where we are waking up and we're standing up and we're saying no more. This is where it has to begin. That's the very basic level school boards right on up. We've got to change the educational system now. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. And um, those changes at uh, school boards are happening across the country, even in 
the the wokest of the perp- of of the bluest places like California, um, right. where uh, changes at the school board level have been happening, but also things like city council, things like uh, library boards where they bring in these uh, these creatures, these uh, what do they call them, drag queens, right. you know, in in front of little children. Uh, those have to be changed out. Don't think that the local level is somehow less important down ticket or something as you're voting. Yes, of course, at the top of the ticket, you know, congressional represent that's important. Right, right. But don't neglect the down ticket at these levels, library board, school board, school council, uh, city council, uh, and on up to state legislature level too. Look at what happened when people ignore the prosecutors and George Soros was able to get in these people who had no respect for law. If we don't have respect for law, if we don't have respect for uh, values, Judeo-Christian values, then we have no reason to exist. We've got to reinstall our respect. We've got to have respect for the country and on your churches. If your churches are not promoting American exceptionalism and they aren't promoting the gospel, get out of the church. And you've also got a number of situations where does it hurt to do the pledge to the flag? No. I mean, this is absolutely wrong because you're going to schools. If you're going to public schools, then you should say the pledge allegiance to the flag. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. It instills patriotism. I watched a movie the other day. It was an old movie, James Cagney, Yankee Doodle Dandy. And it Mm. showed what patriotism was like. After the uh, during World War II, what patriotism was like? We've lost that. We've got to get it back. We've got to realize. I mean, you know, Hollywood. You're you're so right about that period of time in our history when Hollywood actually turned out patriotic movies. Right, James Cagney. You mentioned, of course. You know, John Wayne comes to mind. One of my favorite uh, actors. you know, Ronald Reagan himself uh, was a movie actor, we'll recall, before going into politics. And what happened, though, of course, if we go back to another book that I'll mention, and it is Chapter 13 of the book called The Naked Communist, published in 1958, 5-8, written right. by a former FBI agent named W. Cleon Skousen, in which that Chapter 13 lists the 45 goals of communism today. And if you scan down those, Uh, you'll see that the communist movement, this isn't fascism, don't confuse these, this is communism, this is Marxism, laid out their objectives to get control of the media, meaning uh, radio at that time. They called it motion pictures uh, in Hollywood, uh, TV, publishing, books, getting control of the schools and the curricula in those schools, getting control of the political parties in America. One or both, they said, in number 15. Um, you know, you can put check marks next to so many of these things. Making obscenity and pornography commonplace and permissible. These are all in the goals of communism. And where did those come from? They came from testimony before Congress by communists and former communists uh, in the early 1950s at House on Un-American Activities Committee and on the Senate side, hero and patriot, Senator Joseph McCarthy's committee. Uh, That is where the testimony came from about the communist goals that found their way, uh, you know, into into that chapter 13 of the book I'm talking about. If you want that... They they are bold enough to write what they're doing. Get a copy of Rules for Radicals and realize that book is dedicated to who? It's dedicated to Satan himself. 
aboard the Truth Express. You can listen on your favorite podcast app or local radio station. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs operated five years running for your IRA or 401k. Call 800-356-4470 today.